So if I stay up late in my dreams, I'm the blame. Different sides of the bed. Close your eyes, shave my head. Now I'm stuck in the storm. We were born to ignore, and all I got is a chance to just say. Out on my lungs, you make me feel it. I pray for everything we lost, buy back the secrets. Your hand forever saw the want, don't take the money. They love you, got me run away. You may not recognize his name, but I know you will recognize his music because from Lord to Sarah Bareilles to the Dixie Chicks to Lana Del Rey to Taylor Swift to most of almost everybody in music has worked with this guy at some point. He was the guitarist for the band Fun. He has his own band called Bleachers. He is five time Grammy winner, Jack Antonoff. And I'm very happy today to be joined by Ashley and Zach from the Jesuitical podcast run by American Magazine. So stay tuned. This episode is going to be dope. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. Would you rather have a big life or a secret life? Do you get what I mean by that? Would you rather have a life of significance where you leave a legacy or a kind of a quiet life with just a few people that matter to you, kind of closed in. You don't need to be bothered by the outside world. Let me ask you this. Are you trying to get back home? Or are you trying to get out? Maybe that you have this. Maybe you're trying to do a little bit of both. And what do you do when you look at yourself and find that there are some things that need to get better and you want to get better, but you're not sure how. These are all questions that come up in the music of Jack Antonoff in the bleachers. My name is Mike Tenney. I'm a Catholic speaker and worship leader, and I run this podcast, Pop Culture Catechism, um, based out of Washington, D.C. I spent over a decade in Catholic education, teaching Catholic high school theology, and also trying to make it as a rock star at night. And I love music, and I love movies, and that's what this show is about. We dive into pop culture and try to, to pull out lessons that we can help us in our walk with God and our walk with one another, and our even in our walk with ourselves. And today I'm super excited to jump into the music of Jack Antonoff. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about Pop Culture Catechism. You can go to popculturecatechism.com and become a patron of this show and help us keep the cameras running and the lights on and feed our children and support the staff. And there are six different tiers that you can join at that support us. And every tier has access to exclusive content for this show. Every episode has exclusive content. So for example, after this episode, Ashley, Zach, and I will chat a little bit about some of Jack's songs that are not with his band, The Bleachers. We're going to talk about some, some of his, our, our favorite songs that he's done with with other, other artists, including the band Fun. So if you're a patron, check that out after this. If you're not a patron, what are you waiting for? Check, go to popculturecatechism.com and check out the six tiers and pick something that fits your tithe and or fits your budget and help us out. And you also get access to talks that I've given in my speaking ministry. I always record my talks and they end up uh, in the Pop Culture Catechist group in the Awaken app so that you have access to those talks as well, only for patrons. Speaking of the Awaken app, you can go to theawakenapp.io, and this is a free app for everyone. Yes, there is exclusive content for patrons, but also there's lots of free stuff. It's just an online Catholic and Christian community for like-minded people um, where we can support each other and try to avoid some of the toxicity that happens sometimes on social media, but also it's a hub for all of the shows on Awaken Catholic. You get easy access to them and you can chat with show hosts, and also there's a, a Catholic music library, there's a Christian prayer library, lots of cool stuff going on in the Awaken app. Highly recommend go to theawakenapp.io. I 
Oh, and thank you to our patrons for making all of this possible. Let's get into it. I'm super excited to talk about the music of Jack Antonoff as a songwriter and as a musician. He is just, he is the best of the best for the last 10 years. And I'm super excited to have Zach and Ashley from the Jesuitical podcast. Zach and Ashley, how are you guys doing? Great. So happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Mike. I, I will say, like, uh, I love what you're doing with the show, right? You know, we, we like to say we're not Jesuits, but we work with them. But <laughs> the Jesuits, they're big on finding God in all things. And so Amen. love that we're digging into some some music today to, fi- to yes. find where God is there. Awesome. Do you guys want to just tell us a little bit about yourselves and a little bit about Jesuitical in case people are not familiar? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Ashley and I uh, work together at America Magazine, which is a national Catholic magazine run by the Jesuits. Um, And like a lot of people, we were sitting around four or five years ago and decided that our our, our barstool conversations would uh, make a great podcast. And so that's what Jesuitical has tried to be uh, since then. Yeah, so Jesuitical, uh, each week we break down the Catholic news and then interview an interesting person, uh, Catholic or not, about what they're doing in their work and how and how faith influences that. And then we do some faith sharing, trying to model those kind of hard conversations to have in modern life about, about God and how you're struggling with your faith and prayer. Uh, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're, we're go- reaching almost our 200th episode, which is wow. crazy, crazy to think about. And yeah, so hashtag goals. To, that's what, that's what I want to be. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm in the the Jesuitical Facebook group on uh, uh, on Facebook, and I just love that both in the show and in the Facebook group. It just seems like like both of you are clearly very committed to your faith, very committed to your Catholic faith, but you have created this space where um, people who are thriving are alongside people who are struggling, people who are disillusioned, people who are questioning and and it you know it can be a little messy sometimes but it's it, and it's just like this this is the church like this is reading Paul's letters <laughs> and the same sort of sort of issues and I, I'm just I'm thankful to you guys for your ministry because I think really think that is a ministry places where that can happen I think America magazine do, does that well I try to do this a little bit is you know you kind of you kind of piss people off a little bit because you know you go a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right sometimes and 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 it, it forces people to kind of wrestle with this stuff. And then, you know, the name for God's people is Israel. It literally, literally means to struggle with God. Like these questions, we're, we're supposed to be able to talk about them. We're supposed to be able to, to talk through our doubts and our struggles out loud. And that's, that's part of what it means to be church and part of what it means to be, um, community. And I love the church. I love being Catholic. And I, 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 I think everybody should be Catholic. I think it's wonderful, but I, I also think those conversations are so important. And, uh, I think what you guys are doing, uh, is great. So thank you for your ministry and thank Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank yeah you. thanks so much. We're so happy to be here and, and, and talk about one of one of my favorite artists that I, I put Ashley onto recently. But. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, I got to start with this. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, one of the running uh, jokes throughout the show is that I'm extremely uncultured, <laughs> and <laughs> Zach is always trying to to pull me along to uh, to listen to good music, and he did just that uh, this summer by introducing me to Jack Antonoff, who, that. like you said before, even though I didn't know his name, I'd been listening to his music through fun and Taylor Swift for many, many years. Yeah, I first got into Jack through the band Fun, which I loved. It was one of, one of my favorite bands. Their, their two albums that they put out were amazing. And I was almost like, man, this guitar player, he is 
awesome. Like he's just got a passion and a style that I really like. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, he wrote Brave with Sarah Bareilles. Oh, he did 1989 <laughs> with Taylor mm -hmm. Swift. Oh, he, he's doing the Dixie Chicks new albums and Lord's new albums. And, and, and all of a sudden he's this huge name producer. And then I was like, oh, he has his own band, The Bleachers. That's interesting. And he's won like five Grammys across all that stuff. And of course he did Folklore with Taylor Swift, which we, we did two Taylor Swift episodes in our first season or maybe went a little <laughs> overboard. Can, I don't know Swift. if you can ever do enough Taylor Swift yeah, episodes. Agreed. So. Okay. Yeah, Okay, well, I, 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 I feel very seen, so thank you. Um, and uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, St. Vincent, he's just worked with everybody. He's got such a good production sense. So I've, I, I just love him. Um, what, are, what do you guys love about him just artistically before we even get into the themes of, of the music? I, I'll say I, I think he is just clearly someone who likes to go deep in whether mm. that's into the craft or into the lyrics or into the meaning behind all of those things. He's someone who loves to talk about the, the craft of songwriting. And I, that really comes out in the end product, I think. Mm -hmm. um, it, there, there are always these like really complex sonical things happening um, mm -hmm. throughout his songs. He, he loves to like tie together Easter eggs. So if you've been listening for a long time, you'll pick up on some stuff. Um, and, and, all, and honestly, he's trying to make songs that like, on the one hand, he's working with all these pop stars, and I think mm -hmm. some people would say that's like, I don't know, quote unquote, shallow. But mm -hmm. he really doesn't think so. Um, and you know, between the songs that he works with, from big name people like Taylor Swift to his own side projects, um, they're taking on the big questions of life. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love I love that he combines that deepness with with you know, <laughs> not being afraid to uh, be attractive to a popular audience because popular just means a lot of people like you and there shouldn't yeah. be anything wrong with that. And I've always been turned off by these, I don't know, in high school, the people who would be like, oh, I liked them before they were cool. And this like <laughs> idea that to be deep and meaningful and a good songwriter and a serious artist, you had to be like niche and mm -hmm. kind of like hard to listen to, <laughs> mm -hmm. in my opinion. And yes. so like Jack Antonoff for me is the, the indie writer who for non-indie listeners. Mm. Yeah, amen. I, I, I definitely feel that as someone who unabashedly loves pop music and, yeah. you know, Taylor Swift and ludicrous <laughs> and is doing mm -hmm. then doing worship music on the weekend like I, I i love stuff that i love and i don't care if other people love it i love that other mm -hmm. people love it i think it's great so i totally agree it doesn't have to be niche to be to be cool or good i, I love mm -hmm. um you know i feel like bleachers is kind of his sandbox where you know he's not working with any other artists he just kind of gets to do all the crazy whimsical stuff um when yeah. i was growing up my cousin and i were really into they might be giants and they're just like a weird weird band and there's like some bleachers that has some elements of that where even production wise there'll be something in this ear of the headphone and then it swings over to this ear of the headphone and then there'll be a vocal that's just like right up close and no compression and then it'll be like <laughs> big chorus with tons of reverb and all these effects on it and then this funky 80s synth the synthesizers are just like out of this world he's got a really cool style on the guitar that sometimes is like almost a little arrhythmic um like on that song don't take the money if you listen to that little little guitar riff um like right at the beginning it's like a I, I can't play it i'd have to i'd have to figure out exactly what it is was the like it's not quite on rhythm and that's on purpose like it's it's almost like a little bit intentionally just off kilter a little bit and i, I love that he's got these huge pop sensibilities but it's also um, 
very quirky and just his lyrics. Uh, and I think he gets this from, from Springsteen, who is one of his mentors and, and idols is he, he says he kind of subscribes to the, the blues in the verse gospel in the chorus approach to lyrics, which is like the, the verse lyrics are very specific. It's like blues, you know, I lost my dog yeah. and my wife named Jolene left me. And you know, it's very specific, but then the chorus is gospel and it's this refrain that, uh, that 50,000 people in an arena can scream together. And, uh, you know, he, he does that really well, that blues in the verse gospel in the chorus. So I just, yeah, I love it. Which is a very Catholic, I mean, if we're, you know, the meaning of the word Catholic to invoke uh-huh. the whole, you know, everybody, um, that, that interplay between like specificity and universal, I think, yes. um, is he, he's not, he, you know, he's, he's not a, he's not a Catholic. He's not, yeah. I would mm-hmm. say Springsteen is a Catholic and, you know, yeah. very mm-hmm. much identif- has identified of coming out of the Catholic imagination. But I think yeah. some of that, that does carry over what you're talking about. And the mm-hmm. interplay of dark and light in the music, like you, you have these like very often sad lyrics matched with these like blaring horns and <laughs> and big feeling um, yeah. uh, music, and I I love that. Like yeah. I don't know because in you know in my own life. I'm often very happy on the outside and, uh-huh. and there's something else going on underneath. Um, and uh-huh. his songs kind of have that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I was coming of age in the, in the nineties and like bands like third eye blind and counting crows. It's like these happy little yes. pop ditties that are all mm-hmm. about like self-loathing. And like, I was yeah, also an emo, an emo kid. So I love, uh, you know, paraboy, paramore, fallout boy, panic at the disco. Like that stuff just speaks to my heart where it's that same sort of thing. It's like, super yeah. exuberant but also like very dark um and i love springsteen we did an episode on springsteen a, a while back so i love that as well um and one, one more thing and then i'll stop nerding out about the musicality of it is <laughs> a, a lot of people point to modern pop music and say that it's kind of shallow and there's even they've even done like analyses of like the chord structures of modern songs and the melodies of modern songs compared to like the 50s and 60s and 70s and they'll say things have gotten simpler and in one way that's true but in one way that's false because where the creativity is, is in the production, in the textures, in the sounds, in the rhythms, things are way more complex now than they ever were. You know, you go back, you go back and listen to a Springsteen album and almost every drum beat is, you know, and it's, there's so much more rhythmic texture and sonic texture. Um, and Jack is a perfect example of that where, you know, that song I, I played at the beginning, don't take the money. It's like three or four chords, but super complex on the production wise. And so I think a lot of people miss that there's this renaissance of creativity happening in music production is just not in the melody and the chords. It's happening in these other parts of the music. So anyway. Yeah. And they're like taking advantage of, of technology in a really good way, I think. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Like it, in guitars are just that they're instruments. And I mean, mm-hmm. computers, I think we like to think of them as less than, but they also can produce some really cool sonic mm-hmm. things. And yeah. Jack in particular is someone who, if you like go to his YouTube channel, he, he loves to nerd out about how he produced a song. <laughs> yeah. And so you'll just yeah. like see his music software open with like, there's like 30 tracks that, he, <laughs> you know, recorded yeah. different sounds on each one. And like to make those all come together, that's exactly that complexity you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. like really hard to appreciate maybe just from like a, a passing listen. Yeah. Now you guys just saw the bleachers in concert. Yeah, we did. Can you we did, give us just like a little one, bit about that? And then we'll get into the spirituality. Yeah, it was, um, first show since COVID, um, which I don't know. I forgot how much I had missed live music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there, there's something very liturgical about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. it was in New York city, um, which, uh, it was really cool because, uh, Jack used to live in Brooklyn where Ashley and I live and um, we're on the East River on a rooftop and he kept being like, oh, I wrote this song over there, like pointing <laughs> to where his apartment was in Brooklyn. Um, 
but it was sold out. It was packed. It was, you know, right under the Brooklyn Bridge on the East River. Um, And really just like, you know, those those arena choruses that you're talking about, singing those like with a bunch of other people was Mm -hmm. was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. Very cool. I will say I had this like uh, thought while we were there, like all these people singing about um, all these, you know, big questions about faith and doubt and loss and, mm-hmm. and, and seeking and hope. And I was just like, man, I like, you know, it's really easy to look at statistics sometimes and be like, uh, you know, people aren't religious anymore. They're not spiritual anymore. But like then you see that and like this, you see these things that are still stirring in all these yeah. people's hearts. And you're like, mm-hmm. God is God is still working here. So that was like a very like consoling moment for me. Yeah. You know, that that uh, liturgy, liturgy brought out from. Yeah. The and you can have two reactions to that. You can be like, oh, my gosh, why aren't these people bringing this energy to church? <laughs> or you can be like, this is this is a beautiful expression of the faith and hope of these people. And what is the church doing that <laughs> is keeping them away? Yeah. And and for us, for us as the as the people of the church, what can we be doing to take those little signposts that people have latched onto and be like, Oh, well, here's, here's the next step. Let me walk with you. Let me accompany you. Let me, let's, let's be friends. And what can I learn from you? And how can, how can we walk together? Um, you know, it's interesting that the statistics about, you know, you know, it's very, very small statistic, a very small number of, of people that are raised Catholic end up being faithful Catholics as adults. And like, you know, talk about the nuns N O N E there's like a, the growing mm-hmm. population in America, people who have no religious affiliation is higher than at any time in history, but they've also done like Pew research studies on like the number of people that say they believe in God and pray on a daily basis. And that number is actually higher than it's been in a while. So I, yep. I agree. Like there is this spirituality that people have and they, they're searching for something in they know that there's something out there. And I think we are ripe for a renaissance and a, and a rebirth and a revival. And, you know, we, we, as Christians, like it's time to, to do the work and be like, what well, you know, Jesus. <laughs> so, Amen. and, and yeah. now how do you do that? But it's, it's, uh, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not that discouraged by that stuff. I just think we, we, we need, it's new evangelization, you know, as our last three popes have, have hit on a lot. So, yep. Um, let's get into some songs. Uh, you talked about loss. Now, um, Zach, you had said that his Jack's sister had died. I didn't. I didn't know this. Yeah. So, sort of fundamental to Jack's uh, sort of, I guess, artistic origin story is um, he's eighteen and he watched his uh, sister um, die from cancer. Um, oh my gosh. Which his younger sister, thirteen, um, and that's the year after nine eleven. Um, mm. where, and he's a, and he's a high school student in Manhattan. And so, um, he's talked about how that sort of moment, um, he starts touring with his first band to kind of escape from that right out of, right out of high school. Um, but a lot of his music comes from this place of, of loss and mm-hmm. you'll, we'll see that again and again. And I think some of these lyrics that come up, but I think that's, you know, part of what I really appreciate and wanted to talk about in the context of Catholicism, because, you know, what do you do with, with the crucifixion because it is like this Mm -hmm. this this really like horrible traumatic thing that happens and that journey from good friday to easter sunday is this dramatic play of most of our lives and i think you know jack is someone who's really willing to sink into that um all the all the you know shortcomings of dealing with grief and how to do it well um it comes it comes through in his music yeah that there's that song everybody lost somebody and uh speak, speaking of the horns ashley like the horns in this song are amazing <laughs> yeah. and uh just that idea that everyone's lost somebody and now that i know that his sister died at a young age like oh 
Like that's, that's what he's getting at. But yes, everyone has lost somebody. Um, and he talks in this song about there's a debt I got to settle. I got to settle in heaven. Like this idea that there's something not right here. There's something out of balance that needs to be made right. There's the suffering. Um, and then I love this line. Uh, you know, it's got some profanity in it where he's like, mother effer, you got to give yourself a break. And like, sometimes I hear that song. I don't know if this happens to you, but like in a pop song, a line will like speak to you. And like, sometimes I feel like God is saying directly to me when I am like so hard on myself and just stressed out. And God's like, mother effer, give yourself a break. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Well, and that line comes after it's been repeated a few times where it's like, um, wondering when I'm going to give myself a break, wondering mm. when I'm going to give myself a break. And then finally it's like, dude, you survived. Yes. Give yourself a break. Yes. Well, I think, I think it, it in my mind, this is song about survivor's guilt um mm -hmm. okay. and you know like why why not me why take my little sister and not me why am i still here and how it, he, you know he says um what is it i gotta get myself back home soon and mm -hmm. i think you know i think home for him was life before his sister passed away and how do you wow. how do you keep going when you're tr when you're getting sucked back into that place and you feel guilty for even being here um so yeah and this is another one of those this is one of those songs that Ashley's talking about where it's like really like almost like so it's dripping with emotion. Yeah. Sadness in some ways. Um, but it's like it sounds really poppy and fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh -huh. like I, I've always loved it. And then the first time I heard um the, he did like a tiny desk concert where he plays acoustic on the piano. It's so good. And then I was just like weeping because uh -huh. it's such like a, oh my god, like a debt I gotta settle in heaven. Like there's mm -hmm. all these lines that just cut so hard um that i, I don't know it's and, and this is the universal thing that we were talking about too right this interplay between the specificity and the universal it's his mm -hmm. loss but what's more what's more uniting in some ways than the experience of grief and death yeah. and losing someone and this idea that like i gotta get back home and that 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 line i gotta get myself back home is throughout that whole album and it's not always his voice that says it sometimes he just has like random voices female voices male voices mm -hmm. say it this refrain of i've got to get myself back home and i feel like as as a person not even just as a christian we have this sense that's almost like instinctive to us that there's something not right in this world there's something that is out of place this is not the way it's supposed to be there's supposed mm -hmm. to be something better and i feel like that's that's our hearts longing for heaven that's that's the debt that 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 the the mm -hmm. the cross shows us the the way through and that like homesickness for heaven that we get especially when someone we've lost someone and we want to you know reconnect with them someday when when we when we get to the kingdom come um so i just yeah it, it speaks to me um also there's kind of this funny thing that i feel like new, new jersey because it's so close to new york there's always this in a lot of a lot of New Jersey artists are like Springsteen, Bon Jovi, Lauren Hill, and Jack Antonoff. There's all like I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I gotta get out of here. But then there's also this like this like pride, like it's my hometown. I gotta get back home. Like um there's Yeah, you know, there's so definitely I, I, like there's definitely a sibling rivalry, like mm -hmm. having been here in New York for a few years, it's like, yeah. um, we all experience this, a lot of, there's this progression typically of a Manhattanite goes to Brooklyn for more space and then eventually goes to the Jersey suburbs for more space. And they're always <laughs> trying to convince you it's not as bad as you've, as you've heard before. Um, I, something I can relate to, like coming, you know, being from Ohio, this like, I, I, you know, it's further than Jersey, but, um, yeah this constant guilt between being this place that you feel called to be that you want to get out but also having these roots back home that you love so much um so that's another reason that i've always like loved the the music of jack yeah mm -hmm. 
Uh, anything else about don't take the money? I want to get into, uh, I'm sorry. Um, everybody lost somebody. I want to, I want to get into don't take the money a little bit. Anything else? Just that it's my favorite song. It's my favorite song. That's the one. Um, yeah. Of, of, of bleachers or overall? Yep. Yep. That's my favorite one. That's wow. all. That's my top one. Awesome. That's so. great. That's great. All right. So let's, uh, don't take the money. This is the one I started with and, um, what I see, well, do you guys have thoughts on this song and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share my thoughts. I will, I'll say like, I think this is like typical of like, uh, this interplay of getting, you know, New York, New Jersey, right? Like he, mm -hmm. you know, trying to chase your dreams, find your vocation. What's, what's important in life. Um, you know, we're not all going to be Grammy winning recording artists, but yes. in a certain uh -huh. sense, we've all got to make choices and what's important to us. Is it, is it family? Is it career? Is it what, what God wants for me? Is it what my parents want for me? Is it what my spouse wants for me? Um, and so for me, this really is a dynamic of discernment that, you know, it's a big Jesuit word, Christian word, mm -hmm. um, yep. in, in, in this cataclysmical moment of, okay, do I chase the money or not? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, man, I thought this was about a relationship. <laughs> like, a, I mean, like, it, I mean, it is in some ways. I don't right? think it's not about a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. Um, you know, it starts with love was a currency, and then it's saying don't take the money. So it's like you oh. have this love, and and you're like fighting it um, mm -hmm. because you know it's you've you've kind of hit rock bottom in a relationship, and mm -hmm. um, you're like, are we good for each other? Or are we not? And Ooh, and yeah. and should I should should you know trying to convince each other like nope it's not worth it don't take the money. <laughs> oh okay so the love, I've never connected that the first line um, somebody told me once that love is a currency a shimmering balance act I thought that I laughed at that but then I saw your face and hands so it's, uh, I've never connected the currency in the verse and the and the money in the chorus which seems kind of dumb now that I say it out loud I should have thought of that um, but uh, yeah so I, I think I think there is a relationship tied up in this. Um, mm -hmm. what, what always says to me is, uh, you know, the ver the chorus says, uh, uh, buy back the secrets. Don't take the money. There's something in this person who has kind of betrayed themselves, kind of betrayed who they thought they, who, who they were and who they were trying to be. And Jack is kind of saying like, Hey, you can come back from this. Like there is redemption. Like just don't, don't take the money. Don't sell out right? Don't sell out mm -hmm. whatever secrets you sold, buy back the secrets. Like you can get it back. There's a way back from this and it might take work. Um, and so, uh, there's that line at the end when you're staring at the darkness, standing on the edge of yourself, don't take the money. Like you ha you're at this critical point of decision in your life. Are you going to stay true to who you are? Or are you going to sell yourself short? Are you going to, are you going to trade yourself, you know, trade, trade, trade your soul for the world as Jesus says. Um, mm. and don't, don't take the money. Don't, don't take that deal. It's not worth it to sell out your integrity and, 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 and who you are. So I don't know if that's reading into it way too much, but that's where I went with it. Well, he, I mean, like he's someone who reads into it a lot. So I think okay, we're, good. I think we're all right. Right. And, yeah. uh, I, I don't know, like this idea that Ashley, you're talking about the relationship. I mean, having being able to talk about multiple things at once through the lens yeah. of you know uh of money and re uh, relationship and because those are i mean these are the questions we try to figure out in our in our teenagers 20s and 30s right like yeah. um who are we going to be with how are we going to be with someone um and what do we want to be in the world yes and and i think it's it's easy to you know as as we grow up there there are lots of choices that give us there are lots of times where the world gives us an opportunity to sell ourselves short 
and kind of give up on and, and, and think that our ideals that we held when we were younger are like too idealistic and like, mm-hmm. oh, no, that's you, you, you can't do that. Whatever it is, you know, in, in, in relationships, you know, you don't you don't nobody's really happy in their marriage. Like you can settle for this, you know, um, nobody really waits till marriage to have sex. You can settle for this. Nobody really has ethical business practices. You can settle for this. Nobody really gives away that much of their income to the poor. Nobody really spends that time, that much time serving the needy. Like we talk about those things in church, but not really like you. And, and I think it's so easy when, especially when we grow up as Christians and there's this radical message of Jesus's love it's so easy to, 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 to compromise and compromise and compromise. And I know for myself, and I'm not speaking from a place of judgment here. Cause I, I, I do this too. Um, but I feel like when, when I pray and when I think about my life and the sort of life I want to have, uh, and I read the gospels, I feel like Jesus is, this is a message from Jesus is don't take the money, uh, buy back the secrets, like continue to challenge yourself with this radical message of the gospel that we are meant to be for others. As St. Ignatius says, we're meant to be men and women, for others, for the greater glory of God. Um, and so, um, I, I feel like that's a challenge to me. This is an examination of conscience for me oh, <laughs> is yeah. challenge myself not to sell myself short on these pretty, pretty lofty ideals. If you read through the sermon on the Mount, like that Jesus calls us to turn the other cheek and don't be afraid to give and, uh, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tr- you know, tomorrow has enough evil. There's this message after message where Jesus is challenging us to not live as the world lives. Um, but, uh, a lot of times I take the money. So. And yeah, right. And this is the, the hard thing is, right? Like these are standards that we continually like fail yeah. <laughs> up against, right? When, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Beatitudes are really demanding um, <laughs> and really hard. And the, But like, I don't know what I think Jesus is offering. And I think what this song kind of does in a way with it's like, it almost has this like Taize, like don't take the money, don't take the money. It becomes this refrain and this mantra um, yes. is that you, your choice is like, will continue to matter still right you have not you can still buy back the secrets you can still mm-hmm. um ma- make a new decision um mm-hmm. and there's that personal element but this is also like how we relate to other people too right because this is someone talking to another person yes um and you know i was thinking of the early church when there was a big debate about what to do to the christians who had you know renounced their baptism during the persecution right and it was a big debate whether to welcome them back in or not and Mm -hmm. ultimately right the church discerned like you know that's that's an indelible mark Mm -hmm. and you know they are they are still children of god and we can still buy back the secrets together yeah absolutely um this, this it, tell me if this is too personal, but like I, I know in my own life, sometimes I need somebody to kind of call me out like that. And uh, I don't. Do you, do you have friendships or, or relationships where people can kind of be like, dude, you know, or whoever? Sorry, I'm not just talking. I, I, I use dude for both. Women. I'm not just talking to Zach. Yeah, um, yeah. gender neutral somebody, dude. Yeah, gender neutral dude. <laughs> um, is is there someone in your life? Do you have a friend where? Um, who can call you out and are you that person for other people? Uh, yeah, well, it's definitely my sister and it's because, you know, she has known me from birth. I know she loves me unconditionally and I can be honest with her and she can tell me um, uh, when she thinks I've gotten off track and it's, it's not coming from a place of judgment. It's coming from a place of 
I can tell you're hurting and it's hurting me to see you hurting. <laughs> um, yeah. And so having someone who can, you know, not just like give you a stern talking to, but who can call you back to relationship and back to love and back to yourself um, is just like invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have much to add to that other than like uh, top benefit and also top challenge of marriage is exactly having this person in your life. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and having to you know live with that person all the time. Um, it's both like there's so much grace from that sacrament and, and yes. that reality there. Um, but it is a challenge, too, because mm-hmm. uh, it's not easy always to say that to someone, even someone, you, especially someone that you love very deeply. Yeah. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know in my own marriage, like there's some, some of the most graced moments and moments that are hard at at, at the time, but have been really formative and ultimately good are the moments where we are lovingly able to kind of call one another out, not, not in a, in a critical or a mean way or, or, or with any contempt, but with a, you know, here's, here's how you can love me better. Here's how, um, here's how I feel when you do this. And I think couples that learn to do that, um, it's, it's so valuable. And if you have friends in your life who can do that for you, it's, it's, it's so valuable. And I think that's part of accompaniment was walking the journey, uh, with one another is humbly being able to, that be open to that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about, I want to get better. Yes, please. It's yeah. So this song is just, <laughs> if you haven't heard this song, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's like, um, I want to, I want to pull up the lyrics here so I don't get it. It's like, uh, I didn't know I was lonely till I saw your face. I want to get better, 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 better. I want to get, I didn't know I was broke till I decided to change. I want to get better, 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 better. I want to get better. And that is like such a good example of the sort of uh, gospel choruses that you can have a whole arena full of people, uh, you know, under the Brooklyn Bridge (laughs) singing like, I want to work on my mental health and my character, (laughs) you know, in some sense, become the person that God created me to be, you know, self-actualization. So, yeah. Yeah, No, for me, this this whole song is just like, this is how I pray. It's like, yes, it, I like we were talking to um this Jesuit priest Father Greg Boyle the yes, other day. Yes, Father Greg. Um, yeah, and he's talking about like do, someone who does something awful, commits a crime, even murder. That that person is not well. Someone yeah. who is well has never killed someone. So uh, the root of sin is is being unwell. And, yes. And so um so. So I can't think of a better prayer for for recognizing your your unwell and it's yeah. resulting in hurt in yourself and other people than just crying out to God like I want to get better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I like this could this could totally be a worship song and that would like I've been in the car like yeah. yelling this like yes <laughs> I want to get better. So um, if you don't know who listeners and viewers if you don't know who Father Greg Boyle is he uh, is uh, he runs Homeboy Ministry in L.A. which is is basically a ministry for gang members um, and just. Yeah, it's he has a, what's his book yeah. called? It's called uh, Tattoos on the Heart. Tattoos is that on it? the Heart. Yep, yeah, I just it. I just read it last year and the stories in that book are wow talk talk about redemption and pain and the cross like yeah highly recommend father father greg's a he's a rock star so yeah Yeah. i the the, the, like the call to conversion in the song or this just like i i'm accepting the call and i'm i know i'm on the journey and i'm not there yet Mm. right like it's there's so much recognizing in this song like recognizing uh i don't know i'm 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 kind of messed up and it even 
there's an acknowledgement at the very beginning, and there's an illusion of religious language. I, I hear the mm-hmm. voice of a preacher from the back room calling my name, and I follow. Um, it, 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 that's what we believe, right? That like yeah. conversion ultimately happens, you know, within us. But like someone usually is there, and it's we we would believe it's the voice of God in a lot of instances, saying, "Hey, you can you can you can be better." Um, and the way that tone, the tone of that phrase, "You can be better." It could come is so important because you know you could really be better. It's different than hey, you can be better. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the times, the world is telling us the former, and it's God telling us the latter, even though they're the same words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just you you saying this lyric, I didn't know I was lonely till I saw your face. Like that, you know that could be at, that could be Jesus's face, but it all, could also be the the you know the people in your life like my sister <laughs> who mm-hmm. who is reflecting back to me um the ways that i um am am falling short or am hurting and and calling me to to change and to to wellness mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and and you know i feel like most of the time the face of christ is the face of another person you know in yeah, in my life right. and so i i think it's a it's a both and absolutely um I want to, uh, anything else about those songs? I want to move into the new album. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, the new, I, I the don't new, have anything to you. Yeah, we can go on. Cool. So the new album, uh, musically, I think is my, my least favorite of the three bleachers albums, but lyrically is like, whoa, super complex mm-hmm. and super like, it's just it's, themes of faith are woven throughout the whole thing. It's like, it, it's, it's almost like a, 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 I don't even know how to, how to describe it, but it's, it's, it's somebody's journey struggling with faith and belief and doubt and pain. And yeah, there's, there's just so much good, good stuff on this. Um, where should we start? Um, there's, I'm kind of well, not sure there's so much here. <laughs> uh, so the, I've read some interviews about it and the first song he wrote is, um, don't go dark on me, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's about a, it's about a breakup. So it's, you know, this is, he's, he's starting from a place of, of, anger and hurt and loss um uh, it was he was dating lana del rey at the t- no lena dunham sorry so and something that was interesting like he she helped him write it and i was like i would that's not how my bro- wow. breakups usually <laughs> yeah, me neither. yeah no me thanks neither. <laughs> um so yeah so maybe we can start there yeah um if for for me, it was it's kind of like helping a friend with some sort of destructive behaviors, maybe some, maybe some addiction. Talks a lot about the the clicks and the pills and running, um, and the idea that it, reaching out to this person who you see is kind of destroying themselves and saying like, "Look, I still care about you. You still matter to me, and I know you you might not see much worth in yourself right now, but like." we love you. I love you. God loves you. And like, we don't, don't go dark on me. Like we, we need you to come back and you can come back from this. I know right now it feels like you can't come back from this, but you can come back from this and I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you every step of the way. Um, and I've, I've known some people like that struggle with depression and addiction. And sometimes we need this loving intervention. Like we were talking about, we need somebody to be like, Hey, I'm, you need help and I am that help. I can help you with this. Uh, take my hand. Let's walk out of this darkness. Don't go dark on me. And I feel like this is uh, pretty realistically delivered because he says uh, in some ways this is some of the this is like the meanest song he's ever written. 
Hmm. Um, because you, you want to tell someone, hey, like all of those things, the way that the way that God would, but mm -hmm. because of our human weakness, we can't help but be frustrated and impatient. Mm -hmm. And so there are these lyrics that are like, you cry on my shoulder like a little child, do what yeah. you want, but don't go dark on me. Um, so there's this like almost like throwing up of your hands, like I I I can't help you anymore, but I but I also still am here for you, um, which is this. I think a very real interplay and in anybody who's ever tried to like accompany someone has at least, unless you're, you know, a saint, um, has felt this frustration of, you know, trying to help someone that's not quite ready to help themselves yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of like, there's the, in a lot of his songs wanting to hold on to hold on to the destructive parts of his past or the baggage or the hurt um and so i kind of hear this like desperate like run like she's run away from me because i don't want this anymore this isn't good for me i need you to run 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 with mm -hmm. the wild yeah I, I like i like this um this is a theme that i i kind of wanted to pick up on later but here's a good point because yeah, do it. there's a movie i'm gonna recall the babadook so it's we're recording this it's uh it's fall now i'm not sure when it's going to drop but mm -hmm. if you're looking for a good halloween movie at any time of the year babadook is really great <laughs> it's and, very scary <laughs> um one of the messages of it is in typical horror movies like the the demon the ghost the whatever always gets like vanquished or mm -hmm. um but i'm gonna spoilers here <laughs> at the end of the babadook um you realize that the the, the protagonist kind of just learns to live with the demon a little bit, mm. which is a little bit closer to reality, I think, mm. right? In, in some ways, the things that hurt us are destructive tendencies. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's the reason why um, recovering alcoholics say, refer to themselves as, you know, I am an alcoholic, not I was yeah. an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, learning to live with, with sin and the things that we do wrong uh, is one of the great human questions that yes. I feel like is trying to be answered in this album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has to to that point. He said one of the lyrics is, "I dream a little dream. She's not out of it." So it's um, she's still there. Then I, yeah, then I yeah. watch her take another pill, take another pick, then flip mm -hmm. another switch. So it's like he, even as he's telling her, you know, go away, this is over. Um, she's still with him, and he's struggling with that. Wow. Uh, that um, what, what that makes me think of is the song, um, "How Dare You Want More." where I, I yeah and uh, well, I'll let you I'll let you guys go first because I, I have some thoughts but I'm, I'm curious what you guys think Th this is probably my favorite musical song on the album it's just super fun and there's a great horn sec yeah. ho horn mm -hmm. solo in the middle it's just it's it's a lot of fun just musically I think that's it's the most fun song on the album but it was a great um, live song oh yeah. good the, the yeah saxophone the saxophone on this tour mm -hmm. was electric that's um, awesome. I, the, the horns were incredible. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I, I mean, musically, one of, I think we've both all said, like, our favorite things about it. But mm -hmm. it, it plays really well live. Um, how Dare You Want More? I, I think this is, like, I, again, like a, a very relatable thing where, you know, your parents, your minister is telling you, like, you, you have so much. Like, how dare you want to get out of New Jersey? How dare you want to get out of Ohio? How dare you want to to buy the nicer clothes like mm. are you not satisfied with what i've given you oh, and at the same time wow. there is this like motor in the heart that it <laughs> wants more right yeah. and mm -hmm. trying to understand you know what is the more that god wants from us the the mm -hmm. magis in jesuit speak and what is the more that the world tells us to get again is you know a great thing that i've not figured out 
Yeah. No, and so Jack Antonoff is, is Jewish, and he's talked about how uh, – much like a Catholic, he carries this um, Jewish guilt of, you know, you look back a couple generations and what his ancestors were going through. Mm -hmm. And so, have you know, having a little bit success and then being like, how could I possibly want more than this when, when I look back on what it could have been like? Yeah. Um, so dealing, once again, kind of that survivor's guilt and feeling of like, am I really worthy of, of all these blessings is yeah. something I certainly relate to. Yeah, because in, in America, we live in, a lot of us live in a state of abundance, uh, which is kind of weird for world history. And even, even for, you know, not, not that there aren't lots of Americans who are struggling, but um, a lot of us live in this, this world of we have more than we need, even if we're struggling to make our bills, we, you know, our fridge is probably stocked with food and we have to throw stuff, food out that goes bad because we didn't eat it. Yeah. And um, you know, we have to clean out our house every while, once in a while because we have too many clothes or, or, or too much stuff. And it's, um, but yeah, we we do still want more. Um, I hadn't I hadn't thought about it that way. What it what it made me think of when it, it, the refrain is "How dare you want more, preacher, preacher, calling from the floor," is kind of seeing him wrestle with the demands of faith. Because I think in this album, he's he's wondering where mm -hmm. I have this kind of call for something deeper, and you know that that the kind of linchpin song on the album is what do I do with all this faith? And I, I see this song kind of as a, a, a sister song to that in him looking at organized religion and maybe even looking at God and being like, how dare you want more? Like how, 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 how dare you call me to, you know, how, you want, you know, my, my, my finances, my relationships, my, like, how can, how can you ask for so much? And I, I've, I've definitely felt that in my own life and in trying to be a faithful Christian, faithful Catholic. And, you know, sometimes the church has a lot of rules and the church has a lot of guidelines that are, that are challenging in all sorts of areas of our life. I was talking about like, you know, tr feeling this call to try to live more radically and want to, want to, want to, you know, give, give my all for the Lord. But sometimes like, I don't want to give my all to the Lord. I don't want thy will to oh, be yeah. done. I want my will to be done. How, da how dare you want more God? Like, like, and, and sometimes there's almost like a little bit of entitlement in, in me. And this is something I'm working through and <laughs> something I bring to confession, but it's like, okay, I was a Catholic high school theology teacher. I spend my spare time making podcasts about Jesus. Like, you know, my life shouldn't be this hard, God. How dare you want more? How dare you challenge me again? Try to teach me another lesson about trust or humility or patience or, or, or lust or whatever it is. Like, like haven't, haven't I done enough? Don't I deserve something easy? How come there's this sickness in my life? How come there's this, this pain in my life, this broken relationship in my life? How dare you ask me for more? Yeah. And I, I, that, that is like the weak part of me struggling with God. And I, I, kind of the foil to this song for me is there's a famous worship song, Good, Good Father, which I, th I think is a little bit cheesy, but it also speaks to me. Um, and there's this line in it at the end, and you call me deeper still, and you call me deeper still, and you call me deeper still into love, into love, into love. And that that is like warring within me is... God, how dare you want more? How, how dare you ask one more thing of me? And I don't have a particularly difficult life, but still, like, I feel that way sometimes. And then there's, there's this, in, in my, my more sane moments, my more open to God moments where I'm trying to be supple to the Holy Spirit and docile to the Spirit, where I yeah. see, oh, God is calling me deeper. God is calling me deeper. And while it feels like my heart is breaking, maybe this is like the master sculpture chiseling away on something that, shouldn't be there. That's actually harming me. And 
uh, calling me deeper still into love, into love, into love, because he is a good father, you know? Um, so again, that's, I yeah, don't know I definitely, why, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, we, you mentioned before, like this, um, idea of wrestling and struggling with, you know, these competing voices. And the, I just noticed like the, in the last verse, you know, he goes, tonight we're going to do a little bit better. Tonight we're going to do a little bit better. And then, but tonight we're going to drown the sound out. Yeah. Tonight we're going to drown the sound out. So it's yes. like, he hears this call. He hears this call to get better. And he's like, okay, I'm going to try to get better. But then he's like, okay, but you know, like St. Augustine, <laughs> like not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and like, it's something just on a literal level, drowning the sound out. I, I'm someone who struggles mightily with silence, which mm -hmm. I know is where you're going to meet God, but I yeah. am often drowning that out with mm -hmm. like podcasts, yep. mostly podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, I fall asleep to a podcast instead of falling asleep to prayer or to mm -hmm. just silence because it scares me. So I'm related to, to Jack on this one. <laughs> I, I struggle with that too, drowning the sound out. And sometimes I just need silence. That was a really good Lent for me one year was trying to be silent. And, and um, sometimes when I'm in the car, like I have near my house, like, like, all right, I'm not going to listen to anything until I get to that stoplight. And it gives me like five minutes of just like silence in the <laughs> yeah. morning. Or um, I found myself like sometimes even in the shower, I'll like have my phone there watching a YouTube video. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't need to have yep. YouTube in the shower. I can just mm -hmm. sit and have some silence. And that's so many times that's where ideas come to me or realizations happen to me. And, you know, uh, we wonder, I wonder like sometimes God, where are you? And, but like, if I'm not listening, if I always have my earbuds in, no wonder you can't hear. <laughs> so like my, my brother, who's, who's my brother, who still teaches at the high school I, I taught at, he said the other day, a student kept raising his hand being like, can you repeat that? Can you repeat that? Can you repeat that? And he realized his, his the student had one earbud in and was listening to music and like, that's like oh me gosh. with God. I'm like, God, can you repeat that? Can you speak to me? But it's like, no wonder you can't hear. So. Yeah. <laughs> Please take your, your AirPods out. Yeah. Prayer. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, let's talk about what, do, what do we do with all this faith? Cause I feel like, again, that's like the linchpin of the album. Um, clearly he, fe he feels a call for something. But what do, what do we what do we do with it? Does does this resonate with you guys at all? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I, I, I'm sort of like admiring this a little bit from a distance, mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like hold like holding it and trying to like make space for it. Because mm -hmm. to me, this is um, I I don't feel like this is where I felt like this before, um, particularly mm -hmm. in like times of my life where I was very restless. I can remember a very like distinct time where in college. I was, you know, a little overzealous maybe, but very much felt like, okay, God's calling me to do something great and amazing. Yep. Um, and I um, was prepared to drop out and like go do some missionary work. Mm -hmm. And a Jesuit spiritual director widely told me, wisely told me, you know, maybe that's not what God is saying. And you should probably <laughs> stay in school and finish your degree. Um, and then the next day at mass, I heard that, uh, gospel reading where, you know, Jesus does this great miracle, sends the the pigs into the sea and people, and some people want to join him and follow him. And he says, no, you've got to go home and tell people about what I did. Oh, um, wow. And I, I, I very much felt like, okay, God, well, what do you want me to do with all this faith I have? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I feel it very deeply and strongly. And I, you know, I'm emotionally volatile and a, a mess like teenagers are. Yep. And... I, I don't know where to place it. And that mm -hmm. is, I think, one of the most honest prayers um, that we can say 
just humans. Mm. Yeah. For me, yeah, I weirdly this. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's wrestling with death in this uh, song, in mm-hmm. that um, <laughs> you know he's experienced loss, and yet he has he's he's still able to you know put one foot in, step in front of the other and look forward and have fo- hope and maybe have hope that you know that it isn't the that death isn't the end i think for yeah. me the the last line is the most important um he says you know so he's asking throughout the song what do i do with all this faith what do i do with all this faith but it ends with because ain't no face faith could take your place yes ain't no faith mm-hmm. can take your place and who is your i don't know but yeah the first lyric is so long bobby and is we're all still scared to start and it's like i don't know yeah i, I actually hadn't noticed it's that like, last time <laughs> sorry go ahead. um yeah no sorry I, i'm still working through my own thoughts on this mm-hmm. but like how do you have the faith to like love other people when you know that there's going to be this loss at the end or there could be this loss at the end whether mm-hmm. that's death or the end of a relationship and yet you still have the faith to like keep investing and keep trying and having hope and and loving others yeah when you've been hurt it is hard to start again when you've lost someone it's hard to start again when you've when somebody has abused you or used you like it's hard to start again and it requires vulnerability and like what what do i do with all this faith um i see um exactly what you were saying uh, you were struggling with, as Jack says on the album, a big life. I want a big life. I want to be a big light to those out there. And then the very next song is, no, I want a secret life. <laughs> like he's is like, yep. do I, do, will, will a big life do it for me? Like, is that where I can pour my desire in my faith and my energy? Or no, is it this secret life with you, sweetie? Like is, you know, we can just have a secret life. We can go off and do our own little thing. I can be content with this. I don't need, need a big life. I can go back to New Jersey. Um, but then in... Uh, what's the song? Strange Behavior, which happens right after that. He's like, I can't believe what I thought would save me. A pretty girl. She'll look at this. I'm just a shadow. What you thought was faith that was hollow. And he's like, all right, so I can't find it in the big life. I can't even find it in the secret life with Sweetie Pie. Like, that's an idol too. Like, what do I do with all this faith? And um, for, for, for me... Like, like, I think it's it's easy as Christians and as Catholics to be like, well, Jesus, duh, Jack, that's what you do with all this faith. But <laughs> right. I think it's also like really, I think for a lot of people, they look around and what do they see when they see Jesus is they don't see Jesus. They don't see the real Jesus. They see people with a Jesus bumper sticker acting nothing like Jesus, right? And they see rules and they see rigidity and they see scandal. They don't see Jesus, when they look around at that, at churches and even the Catholic church, which is, are supposed to be these outlets for faith are supposed to be the place where, you know, as in Catholicism, we call ourselves like the one true faith, um, sometimes, and, uh, maybe, maybe a little, uh, maybe with a little too much pride. Um, not, not that I don't believe Catholicism, but, um, there's, I, I think a lot of people and Jack is one of them. They look at the religions of the world and specifically Christianity in America. And I was like, well, I can't put my faith there. And yeah. so I'm, I'm wondering as, even though I believe Jesus absolutely is the answer, the Catholic faith absolutely is the answer. And I believe Jesus could find, or not Jesus, Jack could find great consolation in Jesus in the church. And I think everyone can, how do we, 
how do we drop you? How do we show people a different church? How do we be a different type of church? How do we, this is something I struggle with all the time is, am I adding, am I adding to the problem by the way I live my life? Like, am I being hypocritical? How do we walk with people? How do we accompany them? How do we bring them back? Answer it for me, Zach and Ashley. No, if you've got the answer, let me know. Yeah, no. <laughs> I wonder the same thing too. Uh, for me, part, I, I don't know where I'm at is uh, trying to move a little closer to to people who are asking questions like this. The the mm. questions that Jack are answering or are asking. Yeah. What do I What do I do with all of this? Um, one thing I love and that I've been thinking about and that has informed my own spirituality in the last month or so, we've been thinking about this podcast is. Jack has a great sense that like faith and hope are these things that are unearned and just are, you know, gifts. Um, he talks in a lot of interviews like I, I don't have any reason to have this faith and yet I do. I don't have any reason to have this hope and yet I do. And yeah. that is, you know, understanding that those are gifts, uh, it, reconnecting to that. First of all, they're not things that I they are in some sense a thing you do. But in another sense, are things that you have to do because, yeah. you know, they're being pulled out of you by a creator that loves you. Um, and getting back to that root um, has been a, I don't know, a beautiful thing th yeah. th this past month in my prayer life. But um, I think, you know, getting back closer to those things and trying to, to meet these people where they are, I think, mm -hmm. you know, to answer your question about what does the church do? I, I, I mean, in some sense, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, but I think maybe the answer is there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the answer was kind of in your question is how how do we how do we accompany them? How do we walk with them? It is the accompanying and walking mm. with them. That is what the only thing I feel like I can do as an individual. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not a gifted preacher or, a, you know, strong apologist. I but I am, you know, someone who uh, is open about my own struggles uh, as a Catholic and and so I'm not coming from a place of judgment when I'm talking to people and I'm not mm -hmm. coming from a place of wanting to change their mind. I'm trying to, you know, you know, show them that you can be a young Catholic person who's not crazy and who um, isn't going to just, you know, preach at them and call out their sin. I'm mm -hmm. going to uh, yeah. model what it is to just to to show what the, the joy that it can bring you when you have yeah. that relationship with God um, and just, you know, uh, you know, you know, bring people through attraction, not argument. Yes, yes, yes. They should, they should. And I think of how I came to faith is it was, uh, my story is largely based on my, my parish youth group and my older brothers who like, I saw something in them that attracted me and I was like, what do they have? that I don't have. Like, how come, how come they are able to break free from some of these insecurities and some of these things that I feel so trapped in? Like, it seems like they know who they are. Where, how did, how did they get there? How are they able to have this freedom that I don't have? And so I think, uh, 100% agree. I think it's in the, the encounter and in, in the walk. So, um, and, and that attraction, I just to wrap this all yeah, up maybe a little bit, but like, I think that is what people like about the nerds that really love Jack Antonoff's music. I think mm -hmm. they see some of that in him. They see someone that is open about their mental health struggles, um, open about grieving, about loss, and still having this joy and faith that he doesn't mm -hmm. know what to do with, but he certainly has it. And you know, in this, when those things are present, they are attractive. And I think that's a huge reason why so many people are drawn to this music, um, whether yeah. it's the stuff that he's producing or the stuff that he's helping Taylor Swift make. You know, it comes mm -hmm. through.
Yeah. It, what you just said there reminded me of Jesus and that encounter comes before repentance in the way Jesus did mm-hmm. things. Like he, he goes to, he, he sees Zacchaeus in the tree and he's not like Zacchaeus, if you repent, I will come to your house and have dinner with you. He's like, Zacchaeus, get out of the tree, man. We're going to dinner at your house. And the repentance <laughs> <Yeah>. comes <laughs> afterwards. Like, right. The, yeah. the woman caught in adultery and they're about to stone her. He's not like, well, if you sin no more, if you tell me right now that you'll sin no more, I'll tell them not to stone you. No, he, first of all, saves her from being stoned. Says, does anyone condemn you? Neither do I condemn you. Now it's go and sin no more. Like the, the repentance mm-hmm. comes, the call to repentance comes after the encounter. You got to love people first. And I feel like we so often get that backwards. It's so often, um, uh, you know, once you are, you know, repentant of this thing, then we'll welcome you in church. Then you'll be, yep. you'll, you'll be okay. And it, we have that so backwards. So or backwards. I have to tell you both at the same time. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Like I, I, or there's an urgency, like they're going to mm-hmm. forget if yeah. you don't, if you're not the one to tell them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, fi- final thoughts before we wrap up. Love, I love this music. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm grateful to God that we have Jack Antonoff in the world. Me too. Um, so go check it out if you haven't. And I'm uh, grateful to Zach for introducing Jack Antonoff oh, and Bleachers to me. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, I often ask my guests if they would close us in prayer, kind of reflecting on some of the, the things that we've done. Uh, Zach or Ashley, would you mind closing us in prayer or would you like me to do it? Uh, I'll, take, I'll take a stab at it. Yeah. Right. Great. Okay. Thank go you. Go for it. Listeners, wherever right. you are, viewers, wherever you are, let's take a moment to pause and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, you know what's written on our hearts. Your love, your call for us to get better. We ask that you take these questions we have, these feelings of inadequacy, of uncertainty, about life's biggest questions, about what you want us to do. And in response, you draw closer to us in that we might draw closer to you. We ask for your help to be church in a way that is attractive and inviting, not condemning. We ask that you give us patience to to walk with people who, like us, have all of these questions and haven't found answers. And Lord, whether you're calling us to a big life or a secret life, We just ask that you remain close to us and don't depart from us. And when we're down, we ask that you, you know, shout as loud as you can, you know, get back up. We ask this all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 San Ignatius Loyola, pray Pray for for us. us. Thank you so much. Uh, so if somebody has never listened to Bleachers before, uh, what are your three picks? I'm going to go with uh, Roller Coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, Such a fun because song. It's, it, it's, the, it's really fun. And I think that's a really good entree. And then maybe mm-hmm. go right back into what do I do with all this faith if you're looking mm-hmm. for something something deeper. Um, and then try to find something that he has done um, that's outside of bleachers. So uh, my favorite is Red Hearse. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to try to talk about that a little bit more on the Patreon exclusive stuff. But Great. those are three places I would start. Awesome. All right. And a- I Ashley, will what are your go, picks? Oh, uh, I'll go with I Want to Get Better. I 
said already said that was my favorite song, so go there. Um, and then I would recommend the music video for Stop Making This Hurt, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the early ones Zach showed to me to turn me on to turn me on to Jack Antonoff. Mm -hmm. It's a whole lot of fun. They're dancing in this tiny diner. I love diners, so just really nothing not to love there. <laughs> um, and then, uh, like Zach, one of his collaborations uh, in the... Um, the documentary Americana. There's one mm -hmm. scene of Taylor Swift uh, working with Jack Antonoff to uh, write the song Getaway Car, which is yes, a great song. Yes, such um, a great scene. And, <laughs> yeah. and just seeing them, like, the light going off and then being like, oh my gosh, we've got a song. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's just, like, amazing to witness that kind of creativity. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. The back half of Reden of, of Reput the Reputation album is underrated. So, I, uh, yeah, I yes, really agreed. appreciate that. Uh, so my picks are Everybody Lost Somebody, um, How Dare You Want More, and I Want to Get Better, and um, honorable mention off their second album, I Hate That You Know Me So Well, Carly Rae Jemsen sings uh, background vocals, yeah. and it's just a super fun, weird, quirky, fun song. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, thank you to Zach and Ashley. This has been a really fun conversation. Thank you to our viewers and listeners. If you liked this show, give us a like on Facebook or on YouTube. If you're in our podcast app, give us a, a rating and a review, subscribe, all the things. And uh, especially if you really want to support this show, uh, go to popculturecatechism.com, become a patron, work it into your monthly tithe or your monthly budget and pick a tier and you get all sorts of uh, perks that go with the show and you get access to exclusive content like the conversation we're going to have in just a moment. And whether you're a patron or not, you can go to theawakenapp.io and download the Awaken app. And there's lots of free content. And then for patrons, that's where you also get access to the exclusive content. Ten. Thank you, listeners and viewers. We love you. And Jesus loves you more. And an extra special thank you to the following patrons, Carl and Melissa Gore, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Steve and Maggie Hubbard, Rob Smith, Tom and Emily Cambariotti, and Caitlin and John Wajobi. Thank you so, so much.